My Seven Chakras, episode 61. If you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. Primary reality is within, and secondary reality is without. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, for thousands of years. This ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's kicking action takers, AJ here and welcome back to your home ground for advice, insights and stories that change your life one day at a time. But let me ask you this, do you meditate on a regular basis? If you're finding it a bit hard, I don't blame you. One of the biggest challenges with meditation, especially during the beginning, is reducing the constant mental chatter and distractions. It's hard to focus It's hard to find that soul focus and in many cases, we just can't find the time to practice. Now, a few years back, I stumbled upon what is called binaural beats. Binaural beats, simply put, it's an audio that uses next generation sound technology called Ohm Harmonics developed by Mindvalley. And I've purchased many audio tracks from these guys so I can vouch that when you listen to the sound, it feels really soothing, very natural and rhythmic, and you automatically get into a state of zen-like meditation. Now, to help you meditate, our friends at Mind Valley have put together a special gift for you. All you need is a pair of headphones and a few minutes of your time, and you are all set. How do you download that? Go to my 7 slash audio. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S dot com slash A-U D-I-O. And when you go there, you can claim your free download. Give it a try and let me know what you think. And now, action takers, I am supercharged to bring you our featured guest for today, Rhonda Collier. Rhonda, are you ready to inspire? I am ready to inspire. Awesome. So Rhonda has more than 30 years of high-tech product development experience. She spent four years researching non-invasive health monitoring techniques that led to the founding of Sweetwater Health in 2011. So Rhonda, I've given our listeners a mini intro. So take about a minute and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, AJ. Um, My background is actually electrical engineering. I did chip design in the Silicon Valley for about 25 years. And then one day, I was done. I had really loved what I did, and I was just done. And I think a lot of your listeners get there. And so um, I'm really grateful that I had the resources and opportunity to go back to graduate school. And I got my master's in holistic psychology. So this was a mind-body-spirit approach to healing. And because I wasn't going to go be a marriage family therapist, I wrote my thesis on more bridging science and spirituality and science and therapy. And so that led me really deep into complexity theory and living systems theories. And combined with my electrical engineering experience and my psychology experience, I really wanted to create a product where people could get an objective measure of their inner state. And so I wanted an iPhone app that would alert you when you went into fight or flight mode. And so that led to the founding of Sweetwater Health in 2011. 
Wow. Thanks a lot for that awesome intro. And we usually kick off our show with a dose of inspiration. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote to your life. Yeah, I think this is really important. It's it's um, one of the many favorites. Of course, we all have lots. But <laughs> one I think I really wanted to emphasize today was from Eckhart Tolle, you know, the author of Power of Now and the New Earth. And he, he says, if you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. Primary reality is within and secondary reality is without. And so... I'm working on a few things with that in my life. I work on my interstate. I absolutely understand from the physics point of view why this is true and knowing that you need to be happy. You don't search for happiness outside. Once you become happy inside, then happy things start manifesting outside. And so one of the things I use is our Sweetwater Health app called Sweet Beat HRV. And that helps me see my interstate objectively because our brain is a giant filter and it's comfortable with what's ever familiar, even if it's dysfunctional. And so it's nice to really have some objective measure to tell you, uh, uh, you're in fight or flight or you're in stress mode. And so, but I deeply understand from the physics and spiritual perspective that our interstate then creates our outer state. Beautiful. You said that if you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. That's right. And as soon as you said that, an old African proverb came to my mind. It says, if we don't have any enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. And uh, I think it's so important for a lot of entrepreneurs or people who want to live their vision. And uh, a lot of people want to get into the mechanics of how to do it. But as you mentioned, 80%, most of it is about the psychology of why and our mental ability to get there even before getting there you know uh, manifesting that vision and then taking action towards those goals and it's so awesome that you have those products that enable us to get there Uh, and with that let's move on to the main portion of today's show Uh, Rhonda what is heart rate variability and why is there a need to monitor heart rate variability as on today Okay. Well, heart rate variability is the beat-to-beat variation in your heartbeat. And it's really, I'll give you an example. If your heart beats at 60 beats per minute, it doesn't beat at one-second intervals like a metronome. It actually beats at, say, 0.92 seconds, 1.02 seconds, averages out to one second, but each beat-to-beat interval of your heartbeat is different if you're healthy. And so that natural variation of the heart rhythm, not heart rate, but heart rhythm is heart rate variability. And it turns out that heart rate variability is a reflection of systemic health because a resilient and robust nervous system, if you will, that can respond and then recover to whatever life throws at you is reflected in a high heart rate variability. It means your nervous system can turn on a dime and then return back to normal. And so by measuring that, you can actually see. So heart rate variability is a view into the nervous system because your fight or flight response speeds the heart up and your rest and digest response slows the heart down. 
And so these two branches of the nervous system are constantly speeding the heart up and slowing the heart out down, depending on whether you're standing, sitting, moving, traffic, whatever you're doing in life, those two branches are constantly keeping you in balance. And so when you are able to measure your heart rate variability, you can see in an iPhone app whether your fight or flight branch of your nervous system is stuck in overdrive. And most people are suffering from chronic stress in this high-paced world that we live in. And so, but they don't know it because, as I mentioned before, the brain is a giant filter and it, anything familiar gets filtered out, even if it's dysfunctional. And so being able to objectively see that you're stuck in chronic stress gives you the ability to then start making changes to bring your nervous system more into balance and to create that really robust elasticity that you want in your nervous system and you can do yoga deep breathing meditation and see which venue works for you objectively in the app wow so you mentioned that beat to beat variation of the heartbeat that's what heart rate variability is all about and for that's right a human being each interval changes at least for a healthy individual and that indicates systemic health that's right and that gives us a glimpse into our nervous system and with technology, we can see whether we're on overdrive or whether we're not. So my question is, moving on, uh, what are some of the implications of a high heart rate variability and a low heart rate variability? Because I'm assuming an extreme is, is not good, right? In general, you want a high heart rate variability. Oh, okay. Okay. In general, and we won't go into the, the details of when that wouldn't be good, but in general, you want a decently high heart rate variability because mm-hmm. that means that you're, you're able to respond and recover. And then you don't, a chronically low heart rate variability would be something to be concerned about. Now, we all have days where we're low, and this is, these are some of the practical applications. One of them is athletes. They tend to be type A, I'm just going to say it, and they need to work out every day, every day, every day, and work out really hard, and they got to run 10 miles and then ride 20 miles on the bike, and you know, and what they do, we have a, just a an epidemic of burnout in athletes, yeah. and so what they do is they measure their heart rate variability every morning. Um, Sweet Beat HRV has a three-minute morning session, and what you do is you get a feedback that shows you where you are compared to you. And if you're high compared to your, your normal, then go work out. But if you're low, then it's probably a good day to do a low exertion workout or maybe even a rest day. So that's one of the applications. You can also use this information to plan your day. If your HRV is low, then you know what? If you have busy work to do, that's probably a good day to do that. If your HRV is high, then that's a great day for creative, detailed technical work because it means your fight or flight response is low, your brain, your prefrontal cortex is online, and you're really ready to be creative and take on the world. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you get feedback that tells you where you are compared, not to the world around you, but particularly to you, to how yes. you were before one day, one week, or one That's month right. before. Now, based on what I read, a lot of this research is around elite performance athletes and trainers. So why would somebody at home, maybe a mom at home or somebody doing an office job, care about heart rate variability? Is this for everyone? 
It is for everyone. So the elite athletes look at more, do a deeper dive into HRV, mm-hmm. but we have actually a new app coming out named to be determined because we're having fun with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really excited about. And one of the applications are for people trying to form new habits. Wow. Like lose weight, change their eating patterns, whatever new habits you're trying to create. Uh, research shows that self-control can be measured by HRV. Wow. And so let's use I want to lose weight, for example. So I've got the I want, I will, and I won't. I want to fit into my skinny pants. I will work out and I won't eat fast food. And so there's a certain amount of willpower you have every day. So, And that's reflected in HRV. So if you have high HRV relative to you, once again, that day, then go for it. You can do all of your new habits. Okay? You have the willpower. Then on days when you're low, if you're just sort of low, then maybe you just pick one, you know, depending on how you're really feeling. And just focus on that and don't focus on the other two. Or maybe on a really low day, you pick none because you just got to give yourself a break that day. And studies show that a lot of people trying to do a bunch of new habits, if they blow one, they just blow them all. And then they wait till Monday to start over again. And they beat themselves up in between that day and Monday. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're measuring your HRV and your willpower bucket, this is what we call it, then you'll know, you know what, today I'm not going to beat myself up if I eat a something that's not healthy or if I don't go work out. I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to take my HRV tomorrow and decide what to do then. And eventually I, it will go up. Mm-hmm. And I'll have what I need to just pick it right up and not wait till Monday and not go through the psychological stress of beating myself up. So this is one of the great applications that we're moving forward with in a really easy to uh, read way and with recommendations. So if you're low, we'll have uh, recommendations that talk about, you know, there's a lot of information and recommendations like yoga. Does that work for you? Some exercise, nutrition, meditation, um, lots of things, sleep. Mm-hmm. huge one and so yeah hrv is for everyone and especially those people who have had stress throughout their lives and maybe haven't eaten that well and haven't exercised to start doing some daily measurements to see where they are we do have a spot of where you are relative to the average healthy person and like i said if you're chronically in the in the really low range it is a good idea to go get checked out by by your doctor. So there you go, action takers. If you have a high HRV, it might correlate to a high willpower. So basically, it's about balancing and conserving your energy levels. And I love the phrase, measuring your willpower bucket. Uh, my next question beautifully transitions into something that you spoke about earlier. We've recently entered the new year and many people have just one thing on their mind, weight loss and not just weight loss, but sustained weight loss. According to your research, is there a relationship between stress levels on our nervous system and weight loss? Absolutely. And it goes two ways. Mm -hmm. I happen to be one of those people that when I get very stressed out, I can't eat. Mm -hmm. My stomach shuts down, actually, and I simply can't eat. Other people eat. And that's more of a, so on, in my case, which would be shown in a really high sympathetic fight or flight response, B 
Because what happens when you go into fight or flight, it means you're running away from a saber-toothed tiger back mm-hmm. when, when the reptilian brain was driving us. And so all of your energy went to escaping. So you don't need to digest food. Okay, mm-hmm. You don't even need to think creatively. Yeah. You just need to run and think in a way that's more in a survival mode. Okay, so that's what happens when the fight or flight response comes. A lot of people can't eat. However, when you're having emotional stress, the eating, the overeating is a big deal. So you'll see it in stress, but somehow there's this emotional aspect that overrides the shutting down of the gut. And then you start eating and it just the nature of junk food and sugar and some of this stuff that actually activates the brain um, diet sodas and things like that, they actually activate part of the brains that like cocaine does, believe it or not. And wheat, gluten activate these parts of the brain. And so what it does, it's almost like a drug to sort of numb the pain or numb the stress. I love that you mentioned the clear distinction. One is some people, when they're too stressed out, they just can't eat. And that's when the fight or flight syndrome kicks off. Because to be honest, listeners, especially if you're a caveman, thousands of years back and you see a saber-toothed tiger behind the grasses, you're not going to think about food. You're just going to think about running away and trying to be safe. Uh, And you also mentioned some people, when they are stressed, they eat excessively. And that's because the emotion kicks in and that's when they have this ice creams and sugar and stuff that's not really healthy for them. I uh, have this question. Now, sweet beet HRV measures heart rate variability and facilitates continuous monitoring of stress levels. What type of stress does it detect? Because I understand some stress is actually good for you. Yes. And some some stress is bad, right? Yes, yes. So there's something called eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. Okay. And that's a good stress. That's a stress that can get you going. Mm -hmm. And so I'll back up a little bit just so that's clear because this gets into a little more detail, but I think it's worth mentioning. So Mm. there's a couple of things you measure with HRV. And I really love the analogy of a stereo. Mm -hmm. So if you have a stereo with a 50 watt amp and you try to turn it up, it gets all distorted because it just doesn't have the power to create a lot of volume. Mm -hmm. If you have a 250 watt amp, then you can turn it up and the sound is very clean. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is called power and sweet beat HRV measures power. Mm-hmm. And so if you have high power, you're really good to go. Your nervous system is up and running and got a lot, lot of juice. Then there's the balance piece, which is the left and right speaker, where, you know, the left speaker is the fight or flight response and the right speaker is the um, rest and repair response. Okay, so you want balance in the speakers too. However, there are days where you have the 250-watt amp and You've got most of your power concentrated into the left speaker, which is the sympathetic. That can be an indication of good stress. It means you're high power, you have high HRV, and you're a little tilted into the sympathetic fight or flight response. So that's a good stress day. That's a day to go get them. That's finish the project that you've been procrastinating. That's start the new project that you've been procrastinating. It's a great day to work with some people and hash out ideas and really use that energy behind the sort of uh, stress response to get things done. Then there's times where your, your 50 watt amp is online and you're in the stress response. That's a day to do busy work, take a nap, avoid people. 
if you can. And really, you might be grumpy or anxious that day. You're, you're low energy and you're stressed. So that's a, that's a good day to avoid traffic jams if you can and go to bed early. So let's say someone at home right now listening to the show wants to use heart rate variability testing to track her stress and nervous system health. Can you give us an overview of the process? What the process is like from start to finish and what sort of equipment does one need to go about it? Yeah, actually, we took what used to be a $2,500 to $40,000 system mm-hmm. and put it into a $10 uh, smartphone app. Uh, so what you need is a uh, athletic chest strap heart rate monitor, mm-hmm. which is anywhere from $35 to $50. And you just need the Sweet Beat HRV app, mm-hmm. which you download from the app store. And so you just put on the heart rate monitor, you open up the app, mm-hmm. you pair the heart rate monitor, and you press start. And that's it. And you'll get this real-time feedback in it looks like a, a gauge, so blue means you're really relaxed, and it means your rest and digest response is dominant, and it goes through blue, green, yellow, orange, and red, where red means that your fight-or-flight response is dominant. It also gives you your heart rate. It also gives you a number called HRV, which is 0 to 100, and that's more of a reflection of uh, your resilience, if you will, wow. versus the balance. So that's more of a reflection of the power of the mm-hmm. app versus the balance. Yeah. The colors are, are like the speaker balance, and then the HRV number is like your how many amps you're running on that day. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. So it's anywhere from 45 to 55 or $60. You can get set up with a clinical-grade heart rate variability. And I want to emphasize that because a lot of people go, well, how come my Fitbit won't work? Well, the Mm. Fitbit uses optical technology to measure your heart rate. And most people don't know this, but it shines a light into your wrist. You see the lights under it? Yeah, yeah. And it actually looks at your veins or your capillaries expanding and contracting. That's how it guesses your heart rate. Mm -hmm. Okay? But for heart rate variability, because we take those beat-to-beat intervals and run them through a lot of math, Errors accumulate. Mm-hmm. Errors are, are, are a big problem. And so the wrist-worn solutions, because they're just not as accurate as in terms of beat-to-beat intervals as an electrical type thing like an EKG, which is chest strap uses electrical impulses to measure your heart rate. So we, we are clinical grade, and that's why we need to have an EKG quality of heart rate monitor. So you can't use any optical like an Apple Watch or Fitbit or anything like that yet. So listeners and action takers, I'm sure you've read a lot of articles on the newspaper or the blogs and a lot of people are saying that, you know, technology and gadgets and things like that are bringing us down and are affecting humanity. But like uh, Wayne Dyer once said, when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at begin to change as well. And this is one perfect example when we can use technology to really uplift us and empower us and enhance our quality of life. So thanks a lot for sharing, Rhonda. I know that Sweetwater conducted a study in collaboration with Holosync, which is a right. sound technology that creates deep, super pleasurable meditative states. Now, is there a link between meditation and HRV? Absolutely. In fact, there are numerous. I mean, you can go to the National Institute of Health database. Mm-hmm. You can Google it if anyone's interested in, in real clinical research and just uh, search on meditation 
and HRV. And they're a huge link. They've studied all kinds of different meditations. And uh, your HRV definitely increases when you do regular meditation. And they've tried all different kinds, TM, loving-kindness meditations, and each have slightly different effects in general on your nervous system. However, they all increase your HRV. So definitely uh, meditation really helps. I wish that I had sweet beet mm-hmm. HRV before I started my meditation mm. practice in grad school. I didn't. I was pretty stressed out. I was the chip designer (laughs) at these startup companies. And yeah, yeah, so I have no idea what I looked like before. So there you go, listeners. Meditation in general is good for you. But like we've discussed earlier, meditation might take some time. Some people get it, you know, intuitively. They start meditating like they've been doing that all their life. And some people, it takes a little more time. Uh, What I do believe is we're all moving towards the same point, but from different locations. And we're all different beings. But uh, if there's some technology, some beautiful technology like Sweetbeat HRV and the gadgets that are out there, it just makes sense to learn from those that have taken their you know time to uh, research on this topic and reduce your learning curve that's right and i really love that you're mentioning the holosync and the other one that you mentioned because it can really help people down the path i listen to holosync and i listen to a whole lot of other audio meditation guides and meditation music and things like that it really will help people because when your mind wanders bring it back to the music or bring it back mm-hmm. to the sound. And most people can't meditate. So do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I do it too all the time. <laughs> I know. I've been doing it forever and your mind just wanders some days more than others. And just forgive yourself and know that it's a human thing. It's not yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we've now reached the health tip round. And as you know, on the show, we believe in taking action. So Rhonda, based on your experience, is there a health tip that you could share with our audience that they can try immediately? A health tip? Mm-hmm. Move your body. I'm going to give you two. Move your body. Even if it's walking around the block, even if it's just going out and sit outside in fresh air and walk around the lawn, move your body. A lot of us sit indoors all the time mm-hmm. and then we'll go to the gym and think that that's good. But really research shows that Regular movement. Talk when you're on the phone, walk around the house. Okay. And the other one is just so important. These, and it's really coming to light is nutrition and what you put in your body. So today you can move your body and today you can eat better. So, listeners, as they say, you are what you eat. Yes. So just be mindful of the things that you're putting into you. And don't worry, we're having a lot of featured guests who are going to talk about exciting topics to make you more aware like GMO and nutrition and green drinks and things like that. So we're getting there. Uh, We're going and having our human revolution. Now, Helen Keller once said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. This next round is about moments of challenge during which people overcame their inhibitions and came out victorious. So Rhonda, let's go back to a time when you faced a major challenge. What was your initial reaction to that challenge? And then how did you overcome it? Well, as an adult, my major, the biggest challenge was to walk away from a very successful career Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't suiting me. And what happens, and it's, it's, Bob Proctor calls it the terror barrier. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what you, you're terrified. 
You know you need to change your heart. Everything about you is saying, I don't have any meaning in this. I used to love this, and now I wake up and looking at my watch if it's time to go home. So is really going, okay, what am I going to do? And really sitting with the fear and overcoming the fear. And so what I did was go ahead and enroll. I was just going to tape a couple classes in this holistic psychology course and ended up enrolling full time. And the universe has a way. Once you sort of make up your mind Mm -hmm. that you need a change, the universe steps in. It's really amazing. And a girlfriend was in this course and said, you should take a class. And I'm a class taker, so I've signed up. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I was enrolled in a, in a three-year graduate program. Wow. It was one of those things where the universe pushed me. I felt it. I was just going to take a class. And so I was doing that concurrently with the last six months of my uh, chip design full-time career. And so it gave me a place to be. It helped me with the absolute fear and terror of quitting a really successful career, really walking away from it. Mm -hmm. So make up your mind and really know that it's going to be scary and that everything's going to be okay. We live in a friendly universe and the universe is working in your favor. So sit with the fear and go for it. So looking back now, based on your experience, if there was one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners, what would that be? Oh, wow. Major life lesson. (sighs) Love yourself. It's a big one. We all, most people, I'm just going to, you know, I have a master's in psychology, so I kind of have an insight. Mm -hmm. Most people don't love themselves. They'll spend all their time helping other people, doing things for other people, and then their tank gets emptied. And I used to do that. I want to help people. I'm all about, you know, really bringing, you know, enlightenment to the world. And so I would help everybody else, everybody else, and then I would become drained. It's sort of like the, the it's cliche, but the, when on the airplane they say, put your mask on first and then help others. <laughs> so that's really yeah. one of the biggest life lessons. And I do daily work on myself to go inside and really peel the layers. It's like an onion. You know, peel that layer off and then you feel good and then more stuff. But you got to be honest. You got to be go deep and you need to know that once you get yourself healed, things around you will follow suit. That's once again, fixing the inside versus outside. So that's really has been one of my deepest lessons in life was really learning to love myself. Yeah. Thank you so much for that inspiring story. I am confident that this story will provide countless of our listeners around the globe another reason to try again, not be afraid of losing, and start once again, whether it's a career, a relationship, or a business. And as you mentioned, I love your analogy. In my case, it is get onto life's raft first before pulling others over from the white water rapids of life. Now we quickly slide into the round of the true calling. During this round, you can imagine that you're in front of a large bonfire, sharing your experience with fellow tribe members who are yearning to find their life's calling as well. The greatest achievement was at first and for a time a dream. The oak sleeps in the acorn. That's a quote by James Allen. So, Rhonda, have you found your life's purpose? And if yes, What is your purpose here on this earth? Yes, I actually have. And it's been a long journey to finally get there. Um, Once you walk away from a career, 
you do feel a little lost. Since high school, I knew I was going to be an engineer and I knew what I was going to do. And so I've been working with a few coaches and I'm finally there. Now it's allowing the way to be shown to me and take it when I see it. My calling is to provide a bridge between healing modalities, spiritual, psychological, technical, and science that explains it. So I am, my calling is to assist others who want the assistance in really making it through the shift that's going on on the planet right now and providing a scientific explanation in layman's terms that allows them to see that, yes, it is true. We are all connected. Yes, it is true that time is an illusion. And the only thing that exists is the now. And really being able to explain it in science. So I'm really a bridge between science and spirituality and a creator of a toolkit for others to use to heal themselves. Well, what really resonated from what you shared was that you've been working with a few coaches, not just one, but a few coaches. So listeners, no matter where you are in life or how successful you are or what experience you've had, there's always somebody out there who can help you, provide you that outsider's perspective, give you the insights and be your coach and champion you all the way to the finishing line. You just need to ask. So thanks a lot for that. My question is, in your experience, was there a specific moment in time, a light bulb moment perhaps, uh, when you realized that you were going to embark on your life's mission? You know, that's a really tough question because I tend to follow the flow, but I think I would answer that with because I haven't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. It was the absolute force of my higher self pushing me into that graduate program. Wow. I had no, I didn't even know it was a, to become a marriage family therapist. I just thought the classes sounded cool and I was just going to take a class. And I felt this undeniable force move me into that program, which changed my life. It really brought me out of my head and into my heart, spending three years learning about your inner state and being able to open up and be loved and to love fully. And so that was probably the big life changer for me. Mm -hmm. But really it was following, being in tune enough to follow this subtle force that was moving me in that direction. So listeners, be mindful of the suggestions that you are getting from the universe. What is that inner voice that's trying to tell you something all the time and you've been ignoring it all these years? Take some time and I think meditation and yoga and just being mindful helps you recognize that inner voice. Take action towards it. It might not make sense right now, but as Steve Jobs once said, that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. But once time passes by, it'll all begin to make sense. And with that, Rhonda, we have finally come to the last round of today's show which is called the wisdom round and this round is conducted in a rapid fire style so are you ready i'm ready great what is the best advice you have ever received you know what the best advice i ever received was to go ahead and go to uc davis i was a smart aleck 18 year old and i'm not mm. blah, blah, and then the <laughs> family friend said no you're going So that was the best advice of my life. Wonderful. What is that one personal habit that enhances the quality of your life? Oh, wow. Definitely my exercise, yoga. So I exercise, I do yoga. I also have a Qigong and meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And I eat great food. So it's sort of that combination of things that really make me feel good. 
and make me healthy and clear my mind so that I can meet my life's purpose. Now this beautifully transitions into the next question. What is your morning ritual like? Ah, I get up and I make tea and then I write down my dreams and do a few minutes of interpretation because a lot comes in in the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And then I do a, a short 10-minute morning meditation, just sort of a self-affirming of my goals meditation. And then I read and answer email. And after a couple hours, then I go exercise, do yoga, hike, or a walk or something. Now, I know that you love reading books, but what is it one book that you would recommend our listeners read? I have to say Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now slash New Earth booked up duo. That is for, it just speaks to your soul. Mm -hmm. And it's a really great introduction for people who are trying to learn about the ego and learn about how to quiet their mind. It's just the best to me. (laughs) (laughs) So action takers, in order to check out the show notes page, go to my7chakras.com slash Rhonda. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S dot com slash R-O-N-D-A. And you can go there and you can see some of the insights that we talk about in the show with links to those resources. So Rhonda, it was such a pleasure having you on our show today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and then tell us the best way we can find you. I thought about that and I am so grateful for my mother being healthy and for my mother. Um, we're having a surprise 80th birthday party for her tonight. Wow. And I'm, she's got all her faculty. She's so connected. There's going to be 35 of her friends here. I am just so deeply grateful for her and her be still being healthy. Mm-hmm. And you can reach me. Just go to our website at www.sweetwaterhrv.com. And you can go to the about uh, link and we have all our contact information there and you can email us directly. Mm -hmm. So listeners, we are living in a beautiful age where we can use the advanced technology, ancient practices and, you know, collaborate with people around the world to enhance the quality of lives for everybody. So... If you want to know more, if you've loved this episode and if you want to learn more on how you can use technology to monitor your heart rate variability and enhance your performance, go to www.sweetwaterhrv.com and then you'll get access to so many more other insights and resources uh, that you can take action towards. So Rhonda, thank you so much for coming on our show today and taking us one more step closer to a human revolution. Thank you so much, AJ, for having me. I totally and thoroughly enjoyed this. You were listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.